Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, I'm Neamalika Henderson, live in Washington, in for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is the State of America tonight. A remarkable day here in Washington. Two blockbuster stories, even by today's standards. First, President Trump just wrapped up a marathon meeting with bipartisan lawmakers at the White House, the likes of which we've truly never seen before. It's the longest amount of time reporters have been allowed to take what would usually be a private meeting. The focus of that meeting, finding common ground on the issue of DACA, the program that protects young undocumented immigrants who were brought to the U.S. as children from deportation. I feel having the Democrats in with us is absolutely vital because this should be a bipartisan bill. This should be a bill of love. Truly, it should be a bill of love, and we can do that. And now to the other bombshell, Dianne Feinstein, the top Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, is defying her Republican colleagues and releasing a 400-page transcript from her panel's closed-door interview with the co-founder of Fusion GPS. That founder's name is Glenn Simpson, and this is video of him walking to that hearing last August. Simpson's firm paid former British intelligence agent Christopher Steele to compile that opposition research dossier on then-candidate Trump in Russia. And just last week, in an op-ed for the New York Times, Simpson and his co-founder said they wanted their remarks made public, citing what they say are Republican attacks and conspiracy theories about their motives. Feinstein agreed, issuing a statement that reads in part, the innuendo and misinformation circulating about the transcript are part of a deeply troubling effort to undermine the investigation and potential into potential collusion and obstruction of justice. Feinstein, she went on to say that she had the support of her fellow Democrats, one of whom spoke out on the dossier to CNN just yesterday. The American people have a right to know exactly what Glenn Simpson told us, and that's just a start. They also have a right to know what Donald Trump Jr. told us. And in about 15 minutes, we're expecting the White House news briefing to begin. Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she'll begin speaking soon. And we'll, of course, bring that to you live once it begins. But first, we're going to go to Jim Shudo. He joins us now from our Washington bureau for more details on those just released transcripts. Jim, what a day. 400 pages of information based on a 10-hour interview. What are we learning so far? Nimalika, I mean, it's a good read. It's an engrossing read. I think the headline here is that this provides a strong counter narrative to what's become the GOP argument that this Steele dossier, as it's known, is a purely political document produced by Democrats, directed by the Democratic National Committee, etc. In fact, we learned from Glenn Simpson, who you're seeing there, who was with Fusion GPS, he's describing 
how Christopher, Christopher Steele not only came about to do this work, uh, but also how he revealed it to U.S. law enforcement. And Glenn Sinsman testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee, which here in the States we consider uh, sworn testimony, that Steele went to the FBI of his own accord after putting together this research because he feared, Simpson says, that a U.S. presidential candidate, specifically Trump, might be blackmailed by the Russians, uh, that he went. He sat down in September of 2016 last year, two months before the election, and related this information to the FBI, and that when he did, the FBI indicated to him that they had other intelligence that backed this up about the possibility of blackmail. Uh, I should be clear there that Simpson said the FBI told Steele that they had a whistleblower inside the Trump organization. In fact, we have learned that what uh, they were in fact referring to was that George Papadopoulos, who was inside the Trump campaign, had in fact told a story along these lines to the Australian ambassador who had then taken the extraordinary step of sharing that intelligence out of his own concern with U.S. intelligence. Uh, the, the other thing here, Nia Malika, and some of this gets to U.S. politics, which you know very well, is that this, this information was released by the senior Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Senator Dianne Feinstein, over the objections of the majority Republicans on that committee because she wanted this out there. And I think, frankly, in part, Neomalika, to, to counter this narrative uh, that not just the Steele do dossier, but the whole Republican investigation, or rather the whole special counsel investigation, is just a Democratic plan here, which you and I have heard from not only President Trump himself, but from many other Republicans, to say, listen, the account here offers a very different picture, a real concern about a national security threat to the U.S. election. Jim Shudo, thank you so much for that report. More now on that 55-minute-long bipartisan immigration meeting we just got full access to. It's the longest pool spray Trump has held since taking office. Now, Trump outlined just how he wants immigration reform to proceed, and we've got CNN's Abby Phillip joining us now from the White House. Abby, what a remarkable scene that we all got to see for 55 minutes, uh, those talks between top senators uh, from the, both parties uh, and the president engaging with them there for all of us to see. That's right, Nia. We're used to the president sometimes bringing the media in at the beginning of these meetings to say a few words, to set the tone, and then they leave the room. But this time they stayed for, for almost an hour, um, virtually most of the meeting, really, uh, and hashed out the details in front of the cameras uh, with Republicans and Democrats coming out of the meeting say that they're, saying that there was a lot of substance discussed and saying that they feel like they moved forward, that they made some progress on it. And frankly, that was essentially the objective, that the two sides had kind of hit a stalemate. They weren't sure whether they had enough in common to uh, to really get to a deal. And now it seems like both Republicans and Democrats believe that they were able to accomplish um, at least a key thing, which is get a, at least a sense of the terms of, of what a final de deal might look like. Here are some of the things that, that we heard them come out of saying this is the, the baseline framework for what a deal is going to at least deal with. One of those things is going to be obviously the, the fate of the DACA students. The second is going to be this idea of chain migration, which is the ability of, um, of immigrants to, to help their family members get visas to come to the United States. Uh, there's a visa lottery system that we've heard President Trump talk a lot about. And uh, and there's also the the uh, 
There's also the issue of border security, of course. Uh, but on border security, there's a difference between Democrats and Republicans about what exactly we mean uh, by border security. Uh, the president talks a lot about the wall, but we heard today from both sides that they're talking about a border security system, which includes not just a wall, but also uh, physical security measures and virtual security measures, border security agents and funding for other measures. So there's a little bit of a ways to go here. But in this meeting, I, I think what you saw here were Democrats feeling a little bit more comfortable that the president uh, was willing to get a deal done and feeling a little bit more comfortable that they knew what he wanted. Nia, I think the most important thing out of this meeting was what the president said at the very end, which was that he is going to sign whatever those negotiators in that room put in front of him. Uh, he said he's going to do that out of respect for them. We'll see how that turns out. Abby, Philip, thank you so much for that report. Still ahead, cameras capture the president's full negotiations with lawmakers on immigration reform. Our panel digs in on that extraordinary access to the White House meeting. And just a reminder, we're expecting that White House news briefing in just a few minutes. Stay with us. White House meetings are normally closed-door affairs, but not today. Cameras rolled for 55 minutes, giving us truly extraordinary access to the president's plan for immigration reform. The panel tonight, Kurt Bardella, political commentator, former spokesman for Breitbart News, who recently left the Republican Party and joined the Democratic Party. Alice Stewart, CNN political commentator and former communications director for Republican Ted Cruz's presidential campaign. We've also got Josh Rogan, CNN's uh, political analyst and columnist for The Washington Post, as well as Andre Bauer, who is also a CNN political commentator and former lieutenant governor of South Carolina. Wow, what a day we have seen here. We've all covered politics for many years uh, in this town. What we saw today, that access uh, to these meetings, both parties engaging with the president and seeing a president we hadn't seen probably ever. Kurt, what was your take? Well, it'll be interesting if this is kind of a reset for this president, this administration, heading into year number two, leading up to the State of the Union, where he's going to be before the entire Congress, having this bipartisan moment, this interaction, this transparency. If this is a new, the new president, this could be a really interesting year. Yeah, and, and Alice, one of the things we're already hearing, some pushback from real immigration hardliners on some of the things that the president said there. He seemed to be like, whatever you guys bring me, I'll, I'm, I'm down with it. Sure, and, and that's what he said when he first pushed back uh, making a decision on whether or not to continue providing uh, relief for dreamers. As Congress, you guys figure it out. You guys do your job. Whatever you bring to me, I will sign that, which is what he made clear today. But at the same time, Democrats, on the other hand, are saying, look, if, if, if we want the, the DACA, the support for DREAMers, we're going to tie that in with the, the spending bill. And if we have to, we'll shut down the government. But we want to provide relief for DREAMers. And they were pretty hardline. The key is coming together. And what we saw today with this meeting, the peek behind the curtain, the ugly sausage making of legislation here in Washington. And it will be interesting to see how the two sides come together, because clearly they have to. And Josh, are you clear on whether or not the president will sign something that doesn't include a physical wall? Uh, he said he'll sign whatever the Republicans and Democrats come up with, yeah. okay? So he's showing a lot of flexibility. He said, I'll, I'll take the heat. 
even if it's not perfect. So that's a, a level of willingness to compromise that we haven't seen from the president before. And we should praise the administration for bringing together this kind of meeting at the same time, have some healthy skepticism about the actual commitment to working to get this done in a real way. I mean, they, I like to say, if you don't like what the president's doing, just wait 15 minutes, okay? <laughs> right, He's going to change show his up. mind. He shows yeah. these flourishes of, of reasonableness and bipartisanship, and then he wakes up early in the morning, gets on Twitter, and destroys it all. Okay? Yeah, and He's been doing this yeah. for a year. We've, we've got some of that reasonableness uh, from this meeting that we saw today, a, a Trump that we don't often see. Here we go. I do have people that are, let's just to use a very common term, very far right and very far left. Uh, they're very unhappy about what we're doing, but I really don't believe they have to be because I really think this sells itself. And, you know, when you talk about comprehensive immigration reform, which is where I would like to get to eventually, if we do the right bill here, we are not very far away. You know, we've done most of it. If you want to know the truth, Dick, if we do this properly, DACA, you're not so far away from comprehensive immigration reform. And if you want to take it that further step, I'll take the heat. I don't care. I don't care. I'll take all the heat you want to give me. And I'll take the heat off both the Democrats and the Republicans. Yeah, that's not really true, uh, right? right. Well, well, uh, I'm going to get Andre in here because okay. you know that side of the of, of his base, right? And in terms of how they'll respond to this, this idea that DACA is step one and comprehensive immigration reform is step two, uh, and that it will be all so easy, what did you make of his comments there? Expect the unexpected. Yeah. This is an evolving president who has got some victories under his belt. He's more confident than he's probably been in a long time after having a really good final end push at the end of the year. And I think now he's looking for another victory. And he sees an opportunity here, may not get all what he wants, may have to come back on some things. But look, the thought that he's always trying to cater to the base, I don't think it's Donald Trump. I know he's been painted with that brush, but we're still three years away from an election for him. I think he likes results better than he likes anything else. He is a businessman who, who by getting things done, that to him is accomplishment. And he's done that his whole life, whether it was acquiring another piece of property or putting another deal together, to him, politics is much the same as business. And he, he wants, wants a win, essentially. The, exactly. Get a deal, the art of the deal. We're, of course, waiting for this briefing to begin any minute. Now, Kurt, I want to go to you. Uh, Andre says the president doesn't really cater to his base, as in that's just a perception. What do you make of that? It seems like in some ways his, what seems to be at times, insistence on the wall, for instance, uh, is a way to cater to his base, never mind that Mexico was supposed to pay for that wall. <laughs> well, he spent the entire 2017 catering to his base, whether it was pardoning a racist sheriff in Arizona, Sheriff Joe, who's now running for Senate in Arizona for some reason, whether it was getting behind Roy Moore when he won the primary in, in, in the special election that we just had, whether it's been talking about the border wall incessantly, which became a mantra for his entire campaign. The rationale for him running and him getting those conservatives behind him was, I'm going to build the wall, and as you said, Mexico is supposed to pay for it. There, I can't name more than one or two instances where anything he's done in the last year hasn't been about pandering to his base. Right. And is it your sense, Alice, that the base might settle for a virtual wall? Like, if it's drones, if it's kind of repairing... Uh, whatever's there now, maybe it's extending in a bit. He, would the president be able to sell that? He says he, he seems to suggest he could. That, and that tends to be a little bit of a softening. I think there are a lot of Republicans, uh, and certainly those in the base, that are similar to me. 
that never, ever believed that we were going to build a wall and Mexico was going to pay for it. Right. However, we did believe that he was going to be strong on immigration. And there are a lot of other ways to be strong on immigration that I, I think a lot of the base is realizing. It's not just about building the big, beautiful wall that Mexico was a door, pay for. perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, there are other areas that include that. That means doing away with chain migration, doing away with the diversity lottery, uh, implementing E-Verify, and there are many other ways to have strong security and that don't necessarily mean a, uh, building a wall. And I think a lot of the base is starting to see that. Josh, what's your sense of what Democrats want here? Are they going to insist on citizenship, which of course some Republicans call right. amnesty? So that's what we're getting to the core of the issue, is that it's not clear what the compromise is. Yeah. How far can Democrats go? How far can Republicans go? Is there overlap there? I don't necessarily see it, right? Are Democrats going to agree to getting rid of chain migration in the lottery system? Probably not. Are they going to agree to throw a couple billion dollars at the border security? Sure. Uh, is that going to be enough for Republicans? Probably not. So if they can somehow get all of that together, that will be a miracle in of itself. What Trump is talking about, oh, comprehensive immigration reform, that's not a real thing, okay? He's talking about that as if, the, oh, the next day we'll just have... Yeah, the, yeah, he literally yeah, said the, the next, next day, day we can That's not true, it. right? Yeah, that's not yeah. going to happen, okay? They're still very it's far easy, apart. right, yeah. So it's very easy for Donald Trump to get everybody in the room together and get everyone to sing Kumbaya and smile for the cameras for 30 minutes or whatever. Um, the proof is in the pudding, okay? Yeah. And I remain skeptical. And I did love the thing that he said about earmarks, by the way. He's calling for yeah, yeah, yeah. earmarks, yeah. I which I think right. is great, actually. So he's that, that's how business used to get I'm old enough to remember. That's how business used to get done. And there were abuses, and there needed to be and reforms. A, and John McCain ran a whole campaign against It forced against these guys to work together and yeah. gave them something to bargain with. And yeah. Donald Trump's pragmatic at the end. He is not a guy who has a lot of core beliefs. He wants wins, right? He wants to put points on the board. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what the end result is. And Andre, you had um, Republicans say, focus on DACA, be narrow. Jeff Flake, for instance, saying let's not, you know, essentially have mission creep, something that John Cornyn mentioned as well. This idea that comprehensive immigration reform is next it's unsettling to a lot of Republicans. I, look, I still believe in the wall. You know, I, I'd like to go play Augusta National. I like to jump on. But there's a right. gate that keeps me up, a wall, whatever you want to call it. I can't just run on there when I want to. Many presidents have dealt with this immigration issue. We as a country need to have an absolute border. I, look, when I got on the plane today to come up here, I was vetted. They made sure I was allowed to get on that plane. I had to go through certain things, even though I'm TSA pre-check and everything else. <laughs> and so when we have people coming in this country, we need to make it easier for people that want to come and assimilate this country. Absolutely no question. But there does need to be a certain, I don't care what you call it, but a way to to deter people from just coming into our country illegally. And I think that is still big to the core people that supported Donald Trump. Does it have to happen next year? No, he's not running next year. Right. We don't even know that he's running for re-election. But it is something that, is that a lot are of people... Are you trying to break some news here? No, I'm not I mean, trying to break any news. I mean, I, I supported Trump early on in February of, of, of the, the primary, in a 16-way primary before he ever came to South Carolina, yeah. because I was so frustrated with the status quo. I didn't support him on everything, but I saw something different. I saw somebody who was a businessman who came, and there are going to be times when I don't agree with him. I don't expect to agree with him on everything, but I do think that this is a core issue that will come up again and again, whether it's this president or the next president, where we do need to solve yeah. this. And... And there are a lot of things that come with that, but there needs to be something that separates from people from just sashaying into our country. Well, we saw something different today with that meeting, which we all got access to, and so we'll see what, um, what's up ahead. 
There was also another significant development today in the Senate's Russia investigation as the top Democrat on the Judiciary Committee released pages of testimony, hundreds of pages of testimony. Ranking Senator Dianne Feinstein released the closed-door testimony of Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson on Tuesday defying the wishes of Republican colleagues. Fusion GPS is, of course, the firm behind the so-called Steele dossier of research into then-candidate Donald Trump and Russia. Uh, and we'll bring our panel in here. Another bombshell. Uh, there is Dianne Feinstein uh, releasing, about yes, <laughs> releasing this uh, 400 pages. Everybody's pouring through it now. Glenn Simpson, where does this leave us or where does this take us to in terms of the Russia investigation? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I spent years working at the Oversight Committee in Congress. We dealt with <laughs> depositions and testimony. It is extraordinary that, that the ranking this, member yeah. would release this at the objection of the majority, that it's, it's unprecedented. I think the one thing that stood out so far that I've seen is that there was this uh, whistleblower, apparently, that went to the FBI from within the Trump organization or Trump campaign. And I think the reverberation of just that nugget alone in the transcripts will, will, will have a massive impact. There's going to be a witch hunt wondering, who is this person? Does Mueller perhaps know who this person is? The, the, what will this do with the investigation? Trump is going to start getting all kinds of paranoia, perhaps, about who he can trust, who he can't trust, as they are now negotiating whether or not he'll even testify with, uh, in front of Mueller. And you had, Alice... The, the Republican members of this committee, the Judiciary Committee, essentially say that the DOJ should open some sort of criminal investigation into Christopher Steele. How does this square with what they wanted to do? I, I think what what we see with this releasing of this information, clearly for the benefit of our international audience, Diane Feinstein got her knickers in a wad about the fact and that... that the, means what? The, yeah, she, she got did. her panties in yeah, a wad. Yeah. She, was upset. Her bonnet. Yeah. she was upset with the fact that the administration has been trying to undermine this investigation and undermine what Robert Mueller and the Josh, FBI... you want to get in here? Yeah, been doing. And this is a way, for her, in her mind, to set the record straight based on information in this. Yeah, let's speak plainly about what's going on here. It's not just the administration. The, these congressional investigations have not been about getting to the bottom of Russia's interference in the, in the presidential election. They've been, They've been about partisan. investigating some... the, the investigation and undermining it and distracting it. And Fusion GPS is an easy target because they operate in the shadows. They're funded by Democrats and Republicans. And the Republicans haven't been playing fair on this in either any of those committees and there was only it was only going to be a matter of time before the democrats decided to call them out on this and this is what's happening all right the democrats is led by Diane Feinstein in this issue are are pointing out a plainly obvious fact which is that you know this sort of focus on all of the things not related to Trump and Russia and this effort to frankly smear fusion gps and and, and smear the fbi and the justice department are are all a coordinated effort to defend the Trump administration from these allegations and that belies the whole you know, the theory that these are impartial investigations coming from Congress. So if we don't have that fig leaf that these are impartial investigations, then Democrats get to do what they want. And Republicans can't argue that we need to know everything we have to know about Fusion GPS and then say, don't release the transcript. Yeah, which is what they were right? saying. That's, that's, yeah, that's what they were saying. Yeah. So, if, okay, they want to know about GPS, well, the GPS gets its say. Yeah, what's your take, Andre? Well, my take is there are certain things that there is a process to just release it there may have been things that the, the Senate needed to discuss before the, the public had that information. And it, you feel like Republicans have followed all these processes well, and I'm not, I'm on not the Senate and the, House the, side? I'm, I, I served in the General Assembly at one time, the uh, House and Senate, and there were certain things that we didn't let out immediately. And so I don't know all the rules of the Senate, but I feel sure that all, whether Republicans or Democrats, there is a, 
a, a, a line to follow in, in disseminating information, and sometimes it needs to be held back. And if there is a process whereby it needs to be held up for a certain... It, look, in the end, the American people need to know, but sometimes she circumvented that, and I think that is wrong within the decorum of the body when you are trying to work together at some point. I'll jump in. It's important not to prejudge any of this investigation. If there's no there there, then let the facts lead where they and may. And that's where Mueller comes in, right? Exactly. I mean, there are all sorts of investigations sure. on the Hill, and, and Mueller has a very significant part in terms of Certainly. what he's doing. Right, and what Feinstein, the nugget I think that she wanted to get out more than anything is pushing back on the administration saying there was no collusion, we didn't work together, but in this information that is in this uh, transcript is that they did have communications with, with Trump people who said that they were communicating with Russia. So that's going to be, in my view, what she thinks connects all of this. And she just wanted to set the record straight. But to Andre's point, she put the cart before the horse. That's not how it works. And what does this do to their conspiracy theories that are swirling around all of this in terms of context between Steele and the Clinton campaign and the role the FBI played in this and what triggered the Mueller investigation? What is what is the release of these 400 pages do well, to those conspiracy theories? I think when you theories? start seeing leaks come out of yeah. testimony and you know, that is clearly cherry-picked. I mean, what, we used to do this at the Oversight Committee when we were in the majority. We, we were investigating the Obama administration. We would get documents. We would get emails. We would get transcripts. And we would pick out what fit that narrative that we wanted the public to consume and the yeah. press to consume. When that starts happening, you start basically manipulating the entire narrative. And that can be very dangerous and very misleading. And so I think Senator Feinstein is doing a real public service here, putting out the, not, not an excerpt, not just the line contradicting something, the entire body of work so that people can go through it and make their own determination objectively. And I think that's probably one of the most responsible things that anyone in Congress has done that's a part of these investigations And so Andre, far. the next move from Republicans on this, what can they do? And I don't know what they do. I think they have to stick to their guns. Look, the investigation needs to, needs to be done. and needs to, to delay it, I don't think, serves any purpose. It needs to be handled. It needs to be over with when it can be, be done. But de- belaboring it, I don't think, helps anybody, either side. But I think it hurts Republicans as much as anybody not to get Josh, it done. Josh, quickly, you yeah. want to jump in. What's clear is that none of these congressional <laughs> investigations have maintained a fig leaf of bipartisanship that will allow the, any of them to be the final word of what happened Absolutely. here. So that leaves it all on Up Mueller's Mueller. shoulders. And that's the only way the American people are going to have any confidence that we got to the bottom of this once and for all. Thanks so much, guys, for rolling with us today. Kurt, Alice, Josh, and Andre. And just a reminder, we're, of course, expecting the White House news briefing at any moment. We'll bring that to you live when it happens. This is day 355 of President Trump's administration, and that's the state of America. Tonight, check out our podcast. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.